Luke chapter 9, please. Luke chapter 9, and we're just going to read from the words of verse 10. Very familiar passage, of course, and you'll see that as we read it. And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that they had done. And he took them and went aside privately into a desert place, belonging to the city called Bethsaida. And the people, when they knew it, followed him. And he received them, and spake unto them of the kingdom of God, and healed them that had need of healing. And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve, and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country round about, and lodge and get victuals. For we are here in a desert place. But he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all this people. For there were about five thousand men. And he said to his disciples, Make them sit down by fifties in a company. And they did so, and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and brake, and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude. And they did eat, and were all filled. And it was taken up of fragments that remained to them, twelve baskets. The man just ending, uh, reading there at the words of verse 17. Very familiar passage in the feeding of the 5,000. And men and women, there's a little word really or thought that I want to just leave with you tonight before we uh, get down to our season of prayer. And I've been thinking of the holiday time, of course. And uh, you can imagine the multitude here, uh, maybe on a grassy area. And there, there's a crowd there. Whether it was a hilly a desert place or not, we do not know. But it was certainly a, a, a vast place where that crowd were gathered. And there, there are those who have been to the assembly fields in the last two days. And uh, again, there's a similarity uh, with the crowds gathered. And uh, when the weather is good as it was today, there's no doubt the picnics come out and there's a little uh, bait in the field and so forth. But this holiday time we have seen, and particularly the formation of bands, and we've seen the formation of lodges, and we've noted those who have walked. And depending on the size of the lodge or the number in the band in question, usually determines how many deep they are. How many's in the row, for example. And if you take that thought into the scriptures, then we see something here very interesting. The feeding of the 5,000. This passage, this miracle that is found in each of the Gospels, and that's worth remembering. Not all miracles are found in every one of the four Gospels. So there's something significant about this that is found, both recorded by Matthew, Mark, as well as John, and we've read it in Luke. And here we have read the account and the people were to sit down. If you look at verse 10, uh, verse 14, I beg your pardon. It says, make them sit down by fifties in a company. They weren't just all over the place. It was order. And they were told to get them to sit down 
by the 50s. Now, I want you to hold that thought and I want you to come into the Old Testament uh, because it confirms that we're in the presence of someone who's mighty. And we're looking at something here, an event which was momentous. The first thing I want you to place I want you to go to is Exodus 13. We did briefly touch on this. I, I understand or I remember in our little study in Exodus. But you look at the words of verse 18. And this is where uh, the children of Israel are been brought out from the land of Egypt. And <clears throat> says in verse 18, verse 17, it, come to, it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. There's a formation there. Because if you have a margin in your Bible against the word harnessed, you will read it by five in a rank. So they didn't come out anyway. All over the place. But there was a formation, there was an order as they came out of the land of Egypt. They came out in the ranks of five harnessed. Just like an army. And the Lord only uses that word three other times in the Old Testament. The word for five in Hebrew is kemesh. If you bring that little word, as you can do with most of the words, into the plural, it's kemeshim. And that means fifty. But the four times that that word is used in the Old Testament scripture... There's a vowel somehow in the middle. So we could say it like this. We could translate it like this. God 50th the people. He 50th them when he brought them out of Egypt. That's how they crossed through the Red Sea. In those ranks. And that's how they moved through the desert and through the wilderness places. God 50th them. Groups of 50 seem to be a sensible size of a unit, especially when it comes to a large number in total. And we're talking here of millions of people coming out of Egypt. I've said to you there's three other occasions. If you turn over to Joshua, you will get two of them there. Joshua chapter 1, first of all, the words of verse 14. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan. This is God speaking to the two and a half tribes. Remember the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh wanted to stay on the other side of Jordan. And God agreed to that as long as they went uh, before the children of Israel in battle against the Canaanites. And so he says, your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan, but ye shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them. The word armed is the word that we're looking at. Again, there's a military aspect. And there's a formation, and there's an order. The vanguard were those who went in front. 
They did so in the same way that they entered into Canaan. Ranked by fifties. Now remember this is the next generation. Because our fathers of course. They believed the ten spies. And as we brought out in, in, in recent times. We believe part of that was lies. Because they said we've seen the giants. There was no giants in the land. They, Joshua never uh, comes across giants. And all of his taking of the land. And slaying the, the Canaanite tribes. But they brought their unbelief, their unbelieving report. They brought their lies. And the multitude, instead of listening to Joshua and Caleb, they listened to the majority. And God punished them because of their unbelief. Those fathers died in the wilderness. Their corpses were left there. Their burial places were there. And so it's the next generation that crosses over into the land of Canaan. But here's the thought. The fathers came out of Egypt in the very same way as the children of the next generation entered into Canaan. God fifted them. He put them in the same order and in the same rank. You consider Joshua chapter um, 4, verse 12 is is the other time. And says the children of Reuben, the children of God, half the tribe of Nasa, passed over arm before the children of Israel as Moses spake unto them. So there is the acting of what God, what God had said to them under the leadership of Joshua. Not only did they agree to it, but they did it. And they were to see the Canaanites subdued. There are two occasions in Joshua. The fourth time that you will come across this word and only Four times in all of the Old Testament is the book of Judges. You come to Judges chapter 7. You come into the time and we're introduced to Gideon. Judges chapter 7 and the words of verse 11. Let me just back up a little and we'll read verse 9. came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, yet they down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. And if thou fear to go down, go thou with Pura thy servant down to the host. Verse 11, I shall hear what they say, and afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then when he dined with Pua his servant unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. There again is the same word armed as this time is rendered. The fourth time. And Gideon, men and women, is a great character. He's a deliverer. He's in many ways a type of Christ. His name means more. And you might wonder, well, what's the meaning of that? What's the significance of that? Well, maybe if I read Isaiah chapter 41 to you in the words of verse 15, you will get a, a, an idea of what it means. Because there, God says, Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. I shall thrash the mountains and beat them small and shall make the hills as chaff. You, I'm sure, have a mower at home. The mower threshes or it cuts the grass. That's the sense. That's the meaning of Gideon's name. He would be that sharp threshing instrument against the Midianites. He's like a barley loaf that came down from heaven to smite all the tents of Midian. He's also a man that's asked to be king over the people, but he refuses. Judges chapter 8, 
23, Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. And you bring those little thoughts together and you have the comparison in Christ himself. He is that sharp threshing instrument. He is the one that we seek tonight in prayer that he might come and do that even in Market Hill and the surrounding district. That God would come in such a fashion to mow down the evil and iniquity that is abounding in our land. Uh, to be pleased to mow down those who are obstinate of heart and hard of heart against the gospel. That they might be brought small, brought low, even to the foot of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is that bread. He spoke of it even in John's gospel that we're in tonight, or we looked at uh, earlier on. John chapter 6 this time, verse 33. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. He is that bread come down from heaven. And they sought to make him king as well. To rule of an earthly kingdom. The first time he came. But he too refused. John chapter 6. The words of verse 15. Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king. He departed again into a country himself alone. Gideon is a type of the saviour. And Gideon, the night before the battle was to ensue, took a servant with him to do a reconnaissance trip on the tents of Midian, as God had commanded. And the word that we're looking at tonight is used for the last time in verse 11 of, Gideon, of uh, Judges chapter 7. It says, Then went he down with pure servant unto the outside of the armed men, that were in the host. You see, it's used of the tents that God had arranged. He put them in fifties so that Gideon could destroy them. Three great deliverances in the Old Testament. Bringing the Israelites out of Egypt across the Red Sea. Bringing the next generation of them across the Jordan. Into the land of Canaan. And also. Causing. That deliverance in the day of Midian. The day of Gideon. Against the Midianites. Three great deliverances. Each recording. That God himself. Fifted the people. For his mighty. Delivering purposes. And now in the last days there's one who's appeared who fifted a great company of people. He fed them with bread miraculously having refused their earthly kingship. He didn't come the first time to be king. He's coming back the second time as king to set up his kingdom. And all the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And in that passage that we read about the 
feeding of the ten, uh, of the five thousand. It was a definitive act. Nothing haphazard about with the Lord. It was evidence that he was no ordinary man. But it was evidence, as is seen in the Old Testament, so it is in the New. He was the Son of God. His goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. And he ordered that they might be arranged in fifties in that company. What a scene that must have been. And you know, men and women, as he took those few loaves, those two fish, the disciples had a part. They saw the miracle miracle before them. Because having given thanks, he brag it. And he distributed it. Those disciples had a part to play. Just as those who brought the empty water pots of the marriage of Cana of Galilee. They saw the power of God. And those disciples that day were to take that bread and fish. And they were delivered to those companies. And we read that they all were filled. And afterward, there was fragments taken up of twelve basketfuls. You only see the power of God when we're near the Lord. The disciples hadn't been close to the Lord that day, they wouldn't have seen it. If those that were commanded to bring the water pots of the miracle hadn't have come and brought the water pots to the Saviour's feet, they wouldn't have seen the miracle. To see the power of God, we need to have that close walk, not nearness. I was just thinking about that formation. And I trust the Lord will bless even those few thoughts to our hearts tonight. For his only him's sake as we even come to the place of prayer.